Hello and welcome to the fourth episode walkthrough of The Good Life with Sado, the sitcom archive deep dive overdrive. I am your co-host, Alison Barton-Simmons. And I am your other co-host, X Benedict. Um, this week, like I said, we are on episode four of the first season of The Good Life. Um, the episode is called Pig's Lib, uh, yeah. where we get to meet Pinky and Perky for the first time. Yeah, it's quite, it's one of my, I wouldn't say it's one of my favourite episodes, but it's, I like this one, so I enjoyed watching yeah, it again. I did. Yeah. I did. It's a, it's a nice mixed bag of, um, of stuff to, to dive into. Um, so this is a, a watch along podcast. You can watch along with us. Um, if you go on BritBox, if you're a BritBox subscriber, or you go on dailymotion.com, they're all available to watch for free on there. So, you know, fill your boots and then join us to listen to the corresponding episode. Or you can get it on DVD as well, like I have. Yes, of course. Yeah. From a bloke in Leicester. <laughs> so Pigs Lib. Um, we get to meet um, the pigs that are due to live on Tom and Barbara's land. Um, and also find out what Margot's got to think about the pigs. Well, before we get stuck into what Margot thinks about the pigs, I've got another round of Does Margot Approve for you, if you're willing to play Oh, it. excellent. Yes, I'd love to play. Thank you. Does Margot approve? Does she approve? Does Margot approve? Does she approve? Does Margot approve? Does she approve? So, um, just before we, we get stuck into Does Margot approve, just from, from last week's reality TV question... Um, would Margot approve of reality TV? Um, mm. I found an article with uh, Peen Loper Keith from yes from 2010, where she was uh, I don't know she was just being asked a bunch of questions. It was just a feature on her, and someone asked her whether she would go on Strictly Come Dancing because Felicity Kendall had been on it. Oh, and apparently Felicity Kendall had wowed audiences by doing the splits. <laughs> She must have been what six, six, six in early sixties. Wow, or something. that's amazing! I think my, um, you know, pubescent thirteen-year-old self would have been very excited. You love that, definitely. Oh, um, but, so, so what did what did Penelope Keith say about this? Uh, so she said, "I don't believe in public humiliation. It went out with the stocks." <laughs> oh my <laughs> goodness! Sounds a bit prissy, but then she said, "I think it's great if Felicity does that. Good for her. She's fit as a flea. Let her do it. I don't want to." I say, as long as you don't frighten the horses, do your own thing. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, that, that's definitely a stand, isn't it? That's um, yeah, that's some she, opinion. I don't think there's too much difference between Margot and Penelope Keith, to be perfectly honest. Doesn't with sound you. like it, does it? No. I'd, I would, I'd love to have seen Penelope Keith on Strictly Come Dancing with. With Margot, Margot sort of style dresses, because I'm sure they would have played up to that as well. They would have put yeah. her in Margot style frocks. I'm sure she'd have been very elegant. Well, that's if she I can dance. So. If you can't dance, then ultimately you're not going to be elegant. But Yeah, that's true. But was she not on with um, Morecambe and Wise many, many oh, Christmases yeah, ago? Yeah. yeah. Doing a bit of a bit of a dance. It was quite a long time ago, I suppose, though, so... Yeah, but Felicity Kendall doing the splits in the 60s, good for her. <laughs> Absolutely, every credit. I might have to have a search of that afterwards. Yeah, and me. Um, I want to get my tissues. Wanna... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was unnecessary. Um, so, yeah, that one, yes. that bit's going. That bit's getting edited out. Cut so on, out. Thi yeah. on this week's Does Margot Approve? Are you ready? 
Yes, I am. Does Margot approve of rimming? No, I'm only joking. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm in a mischievous mood this week. Oh, all right. Um, although, mm-hmm. that does remind me, did you see all the COVID-19 advice that came out? About, um, no, is it on? Is it on there? Well, yeah, it's on. It's it's basically. I think it was aimed at young people telling them what they can and can't do, and it was like, um, do not no place your tongue around the rectal area or something. And I'm like, right, fucking hell, what are kids like these days? What's wrong with just yeah, you know, a bit of a snog? They're all on f- it. If 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 they're not sucking balloons, they're licking ass. I know it's fucking. What's wrong with just fingering someone behind a shed? <laughs> no, it's- it's far more extreme. Ah, anyway, wow. so I'll give you the proper one, okay? Yes. Does Margot yeah. approve of the Americanization of the English language? I would say no, she doesn't. Definitely not. Um, it's all Queen's English, um, received pronunciation. Um, yeah, any kind of um, Americanisms and um, slang colloquialisms and no she's not happy she's not happy with that at all well it's a little bit of a trick question because once again i i found a source of penelope keith having a good old whinge about um the use of the english language in modern britain so let me read you let me read you some of her gripes honestly you'll hear it in margot's well i'm not going to do an impression but you'll hear it in margot's but i will hear it okay Real conversation has been replaced by text messages and social networking websites and television pampers to our thirst for public humiliation, says Keith. I agree with that so far. Keith worries that the decline of old-fashioned things such as grammar and elocution, good manners, are disappearing too. <laughs> the misunderstanding of everyday words, the creeping Americanization of our wonderful language, which she says has now affected the once impervious BBC. Now then, language is my bugbear, she told the Sunday Telegraph. Everyone says things now like, I was sat, instead of, I was sitting, which just sounds so ugly. I was like, oh, yeah, I've done that, I've done that. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Penelope. Um, <laughs> I, know, I know language has to evolve and progress, but what we're doing is diminishing ours by getting rid of present participles like sitting. It's so much more descriptive than I was sat, which really offends me. Oh no. So poor, yeah, she sat there, proper curmudgeon at home in Devon or wherever she lives. And of course, American pronunciation too. If I hear anyone else say irrevocable on the Today programme, I shall break every wireless in the world. Oh, not the wireless. Oh. The fucking wireless is gone. Um, I recently did a Noel Coward play and someone on the team told me they'd researched it, she says, with a shudder. <laughs> does she mean so we would say researched and they say researched researched it's just a different pronunciation isn't it Keith Keith suggests that the rise of social networking whereby people communicate using websites such as Facebook or Twitter without having to talk to one another is having a detrimental effect on their ability to speak clearly in this great age of communication there are a lot of people you can't actually understand I know everyone tweets and twits and texts and all that but actually we've all got voices and it's awfully nice to hear them and if you can, understand what people are saying. We have this wonderful language and we don't appreciate it. That's old-fashioned of me, but when I went to school, everyone had elocution lessons. Not to sound posh, but so one could be understood. And that's such a oh. such a Margot phrase, that, isn't it? 
That is, oh, do you think she goes around and corrects the grammar on like boards outside shops? Like that and, guy with the apostrophe, the apostrophizer. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a hero, it isn't really he? It really annoys me that. Oh, it really <laughs> oh, does like get him. on my nerves. I find it, oh, just leave, let people be, you know. It, is it the end of the world if, if there's a spelling mistake or an apostrophe in the wrong place? Probably not. But then I've there's two businesses that are downstairs from me where I'm in my office now. One's called Ben's, nothing to do with me, by the way. One's called Ben's <laughs> Buns and one's called Ben's Roasts. And one of them has got the apostrophe and the other one hasn't. <gasps> oh, Guess which no. one I refuse to frequent. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you have to be called Ben to work in your building then? Is that like a... Provisor. They're not all in the same building. <laughs> yeah, we all live on Ben Street. <laughs> it's like Neville Neville and his sons. <laughs> oh well, I can yeah, I can understand it, it being a, a, a feeling that that she's got that it's it, it is nice when oh, is it nice when people speak nicely? Does it matter? I don't. She's know. been a bit prissy, I think, but she it is, just made and she me laugh because it was. Margo. It sounded so Margot, and I just thought there's it really does. a thin line between these two um, yes. people. Um, and it did make me think of an ad I ran years ago for my business um, for copywriting, which I put on the ad. I put, when attempting to make a good first impression, imagine how important using good grammar is. Wrong. Importanter. <laughs> Didn't get much exactly. business from that. It was a joke, but I don't think it came across that much. No, no. Good, good, life, good, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life. Good life. So episode four, Pig's Lib. We see Tom at the newsagents picking up his latest issue of Pig Breeder magazine, which is quite a niche title, but obviously of use mm. to him, um, which he pays for with uh, with eggs from the chickens. Um, so we get to see Barter in, ac- in action. We get to see this new lifestyle and how it's actually working out there in real life, which is, which is great to see. Imagine um, that today, gets- though. Imagine that today that like you went into, you wanted to buy, I don't know, Fabrics Monthly and you went into your local yes. news agent and then you just produced a rasher of bacon or something, I don't know, to try yeah, and pay for it. Get, it wouldn't go down well, would it? It wouldn't. And this, it just feels like a, a simpler time where you could you could sort of do things like this. Um, and, it, and, it, and it'd be quite meaningful that you could swap something that, that somebody else needed for something that you wanted. Yeah, he was um, well up for it, the news agent. He seemed fine with it. Yeah. Yeah, and the news agent also with his potato peelings, um, which he, he passes on to to Tom um, yeah. for the for the animals. Um, so it's yeah, you can you can see the 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 wheels of motion of this new self sustainable lifestyle sort of working out there in the community. We're not we're not now just still inside the goods house. We're out there, and and we can see them doing the do, which is yeah, great. Yeah, they're living the life. And what I also loved mm. about the news agent was the fucking wall of fags behind the newsagent. I've never seen a wall of fags that's so large in all my life. It just shows how much of a nation of smokers we were in the 70s, really, doesn't it? Absolutely, because it's just something that you don't come across anymore. In fact, you don't even think about it in a shop anymore because they're behind them big big shutters. Over here they are in the UK, they're behind big shutters. You don't get to see cigarettes at all anymore. Well, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Um. So back at the Goods House, we have um, Barbara meeting with the window cleaner who obviously comes round on a weekly, bi-weekly basis, whatever, to, to clean the windows at the house. Um, and now it's not something that she sees as being essential anymore. So she tries to sort of come to some arrangement with the window cleaner in order to um, have the windows cleaned but not have to give money. 
Mm. Um, they're obviously coming at it from cross purposes because the window cleaner thinks he's onto a winner with Barbara, um, while Barbara's not thinking along the lines of sex at all. She is thinking, oh, I could give you a... Um, Low job. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know what she was thinking. Could, a box of eggs or just some, something that would, would be su- surplus to requirements at, at the good house. Um, but the window cleaner, every credit, was very respectful and just went away in shame, which very, very apologetic. For, I felt sorry um, for him. Didn't I you did. feel sorry for him? Because really, she was making cow eyes and acting very sort of flirtatious. So Yes. Um, and then she said, well, it's the oldest form of business in the world, which prostitution yeah. is. So you can understand him getting Absolutely. mixed up, you know. Yeah. And he was so ashamed, wasn't he? Sort of, you know, give her free window cleaning after that. Oh, oh dear, Mrs. Good, I, I really cannot apologise enough. What? I am, I am most terribly sorry. What, what for? Mrs. Good, please allow me to do your windows free, gratuitously. Oh, I couldn't do that. But I, I must, and, and I'm sorry. I really am. I really am sorry. Deeply. Yeah. I'm so, so sorry. Aww. Poor fella. Bless he went him. home and had a furious wang. <laughs> <laughs> Tom comes back and meets Margot, who he asks about keeping hold of her scraps to to give to the animals. And um, Margot sees this as begging, though. She sees it as um, he's asking for things that he's, that he's not due. And she's got better things to do with her rubbish than throw it away because she puts it down the disposal unit, um, which Tom finds it quite hard to convince her that the right way would be to give give him the scraps to give to the animals. Um, but Margot's just not having any of it at all. No, and, and I think Tom's being a bit entitled, to be honest. I know that my Tom prejudice is probably coming into play, but he turns up mm. and he's like, everyone's given me some, you've got to give me some. And he was just really kind of aggressive in it. I'd have just told him to fuck off, to be honest, but she she was just, um, get off my paisy craving or whatever. <laughs> Did I say paisy craving? She, crazy paisy. Paisy craving, get off my paisy craving. <laughs> It, but I, I don't know. I tend to agree with Tom, though. If if she's putting it down the disposal unit, then she could give it to Tom. It true, just seems true. less wasteful. Tom does drop in to this conversation the fact that they will be keeping pigs on the land, um, which Margot is absolutely horrified by um, and are obviously already thinking that this is going to go wrong and if they get onto my land and what will I do then? Um, so... She's she's already sort of thinking ahead to the problems that this is going to cause. Mm, she's not happy. Yeah. Um, and then we head into the house and we see Barbara making cheese with tights. Was the, the the sort of setup that she had? I had to sort of like rewind it and have a quick watch of that. So was she squeezing the milk through the tights? I didn't to really collect understand. the cheese. I mean, I knew she was making goat's cheese, mm. and she and she was squeezing stuff, but. Maybe they were tights. I'm not sure. I'm not. Mm. I'm not um, au fait with the process of homemade goat <laughs> cheese. Making. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not entirely sure. Jerry then gets sent round to the goods house by Margot, um, asking about the pigs, and to tell them that Margot is already planning to bring in the new chair of the residents' association, Mr. Carter, to, uh, to to put a firm stop to this, because obviously this is going to cause so many issues. Yeah, um, and I think the goods show themselves being 
they're typically silly. You know the way they like to mess about, and it's quite endearing. Yes. They're like, oh no, not mm. Mr. Carter. Who's Mr. Carter? You know, they were um, just being very flippant to to Jerry's Mr. Carter threat, really. Yes. Yes. So we're in the goods living room, and of course, Barbara is um, testing her wellies which have been fixed um, after having a hole in them. So she's stomping around in a bucket um, to make sure that they no longer leak. And in um, sachets Margot with Mr. Carter, who is the um, the new head of the um, Residents Association, to chat about the, the inclusion of pigs on the land at the Goods House. And... Uh, Margot's got a, a, a great air of um, authority that she she immediately thinks that this is all going to go her way. Yeah, of superiority more than anything. She was mm. just so she was very looking down her nose at the goods in these scenes. I thought, but she wasn't even the most li- dislikable one in the scene because Tom, I'm off again. <laughs> Tom is like immediately on the defensive with Carter before Carter says anything. You know, he comes in, doesn't he? And then and then he's like, "Look here, Carter." It's like, fucking yeah. hell. Are arguments ever won that start with, look here? Look Just... here. Mr. Carter turns out to be what he describes himself as being an unbiased referee. And he is very fair. And he almost he's almost sort of siding with the goods from the get-go anyway. Because um, he sees that he could see the, the relevance of their lifestyle and the choices that they're making. Um, and... He's there really to sort of just pacify Margot, really, um, and do his job, um, which I think he does quite well. Yes. Points for Mr Carter, who incidentally was also in Porridge and George and Mildred. Ah. He's a, he was a sitcom actor of some... Uh, what well, I don't know. How do you describe these guys who prop up and everything, but they're never leading roles? It's like the equivalent of a session musician. You know? Yeah, yeah. The familiar faces, but not people that are sort of at the head of the credits, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But he, I thought he was really good in it. I like the character. Yeah. Um, and, and I sort of was, because Margot had dragged him in, I'm thinking, oh, is he just, just going to shout them down? And um, But actually, he turns out to be quite a, a, a fair a fair guy. He's a writer, um, so sort of understands the, the, the struggling existence of the gods. Um and I think he, he's got Margot's measure before he even gets there. Mm, definitely. I, I think there's an opportunity missed not to have him back because he could have been a good mediator. Mm. But I think in many ways, this is a turning point for Margot's character anyway, because after this episode, without wanting to jump ahead too much, she becomes more uh, uh, sympathetic, might be the wrong word. She be, she's, mm. she's willing to make more compromises following this episode and she's more supportive yes. of Tom and Barbara. So perhaps perhaps this character of Mr. Carter was wasn't really needed. There is um there's a decision made at the end of this scene as well that if if the if these pigs cause a problem, um there's a mutual agreement that they'll get rid of them. And obviously the goods are thinking that's not going to happen and Margot's thinking, yep, brilliant. Like one one trotter over the line and these pigs are out of here. Yeah, um, fair enough. And then next scene, we see the pigs have escaped under the fence into the Ledbetter's garden um, and they're having a right good sniff and dig around. Um, and we and we see Margot, who's obviously scoped out that the pigs are there. And then we, we see them being carried away um, and put into the back of a, a, a truck, which yeah. is very sad. To the theme tune of the bloody fun- yes. of the funeral march. Pretty much. Yes. 
two things I liked about these scenes, though, were when mm. Tom and Barbara realised that the pig had dug, dug the tunnel and gone underneath, we had that reveal brass tone again, except without the zoom that freaks you out. Yes. There was a yes. brass tone yeah. while we go, oh, oh my God, oh. The, the pig's built a, dug, dug a tunnel, oh, oh shit. And then Margot comes out and she seems to be carrying, a, I think she's watering the plants, but she's carrying like a genie yeah, in a bottle. Yeah, she's got a watering can. Thing. Yeah. More like a genie in a bottle. It's a very, yeah, a very small watering can, yes. Yes. Because that's like you said, um, I think in a previous episode, you you, you have noticed that uh, Margot, Margot does a lot of little bits of watering. There's no sort of getting your hands dirty and your hands and knees. She's just like sprinkling water around. Yeah. I think she's probably just on a bedding plants. rubbing the lamp and a, a gardening genie comes out and does it all for <laughs> Getting her. Getting somebody else to do it, yeah. yes. So the pigs have been have been taken away. Um, and, but Jerry, Jerry does say something quite poignant, actually, that he says, I'd rather have Tom and Barbara as our friends with pigs because he can see now that there's this um, sort of change in, in their relationship because they know that they've upset Tom and Barbara. Well, it's got the potential to be... By making them be, get rid of the pigs. Yeah, it's got the potential to be like a cataclysmic event, hasn't it? Because, you yeah. know, it will really upset their neighbours and, and and Jerry values their friendship more than he values not living next to pigs, which yes. he, he, I think he expresses quite... I like, This is what I like about Jerry, he, even though he's really henpecked. When, when he sees a moral issue, he speaks up, he speaks mm. his mind. And, he, and I think it, that leaves a, a, something of an impression on Margot, doesn't it? You'd hope so, definitely. And, and then she heads round, of course, to sort of make amends if she can with the goods. I think in, an, in the very next scene, she does. They're um, they're busy drinking pea pod wine at this time as well to sort of commiserate the um, the, the the pigs being shunted off to market. Um, and this the the pea pod wine is is quite a potent <laughs> quite a potent um, drink that they make themselves. Um, mm. So much so that Tom describes it as hurting the back of his eyes. Yeah, that's a great line. <laughs> I was um, I was glad um, to see the introduction of the Peapod wine and it motivated me to go and have a look online to see if I could find a recipe for Peapod line. Peapod wine, sorry. And is and is and is that is it a thing? Yeah, and I'm proposing to make myself three gallons of Peapod Burgundy wine <laughs> following this YouTube tutorial that I found. Um one review reads gingery flavour to it drinkable but it's useful being quite tight beforehand which I presume refers to the sphincter <laughs> so if that doesn't sell it to you I don't know what it does oh that's yeah get on, get on it I think yeah I'd like to I'd like to see that yeah definitely yeah, yeah. I'll try and make some next time I come over to the UK uh, Margot then comes round um, and she wants to she wants to just check that they're all still friends um and she's she joins in with the drinking with with um with barbara um her reaction's funny isn't it margot thinks that the pigs have been sent away to to like a retirement home she didn't realize that the pigs would be sent off to the slaughterhouse if they were sent away um so the realization um really upsets her that she's done such a um horrendous tragic thing that's upset her friends so much yeah, she's. I think she she sort of um, quite melodramatically says, "Stop it, for goodness' sake, stop it!" <laughs> um, and she's just very naive. She doesn't realise, does she, that um, 
that pigs, unwanted pigs, don't be are not put out to pasture. No, they are sent to be made into bacon. Mm, lovely, yummy bacon. So she sends Tom off with the keys to her car to go and get them. Um, and Barbara and Margot carry on drinking and playing cards. And this 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 tickled me actually. The um, the card game as as um, Barbara just keeps saying twist until she gets to about seventy five, and then busts. Margot's um, twist is very aggressive, isn't it? I wouldn't want to play Pontoon yes. with Pean Lope Keith the way she twists. No, take your bloody table uh, off. <laughs> But at this stage, um, Margot is still very sort of um, damning of, of Tom. And she says, if I if I have nightmares, it'll be Tom's fault for telling her about the slaughterhouse, not for the fact that she has sort of instigated this 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 to happen. It's it's Tom's fault for actually telling her what the outcome would be. Yeah. Um, but they both end up quite melancholic and crying. Um, and Margot feels guilty until... They hear the door go and Tom comes back with the pigs. Hey. And and Barbara is, is ecstatic and Margot is very relieved. Um however, the twist at the end is that these aren't Pinky and Perky. Um these are two of the pigs that Tom has found um to replace the initial pigs and to sort of put the situation right again. Um and he says he says to the pigs that they're not to say anything, that they're not pinky and perky. Um, but if they do tell anyone, it's sausage time. Yeah. <laughs> Which also made me laugh a little bit. I think it was um, another redeeming Tom moment because it was his act of kindness yes. and being uncharacteristically um, considerate in not coming home going, I was too late, but just bringing home two mm. other pigs and kidding on that it was the same pigs, both to Margot yes. and... To Barbara, I would have thought Barbara's got mm. the smarts enough to work it out, but yeah, pigs have patches, don't they? Should be able to tell if it's pinky and perky, I'm sure. Yeah, I like the fact that when Margot agrees that the pigs can come back, Tom goes, "Margot, thanks, sexy," and she says, "And she oh, says, don't be silly, don't <laughs> be silly." Are you lovely? Yes, and it's that it's it's seeing that friendliness and the the sort of eventual relationship that you see between the four of them that that comes later on you you sort of start, start to see little clips of that mm. now as well which is lovely yeah i think it's a real turning point episode for margot yeah. particularly because she's been quite unpleasant mm. up to this point yes um and barbara even points out that she acted very decently in the end while they're playing mm. um, pontoon um and and what you're seeing really in this episode is um I guess it's like the conflict between emotion and stoicism. Yes. What's the right thing to do versus what's the, you know, sensible thing to do. And you see that again in future episodes, even with pigs, because there's Mm. that one with the the runt of the litter that they're going to have put down. And Tom was initially very stoic saying, well, that's what you do with the runt of the litter, but without revealing any spoilers, no pigs die in that episode. Yeah. (laughs) Which is nice. And we've all we've all sort of done things that then you you, you later regret. Um, and this is I think this is a good turning point for for Margot in terms of not just acting on what you want to get out of something, but to see the bigger picture and to appreciate the fact that other people feel things as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. I think she's um, what we see from here on here on afterwards is a much more relatable. Um, 
and uh, compromising character in Raga. And this is where we warm mm. to her, I think. Because so far, well, she's yes. certainly not won any of our MVPs, has she? She's not um, no. been our favourite. So I suppose that's a not seamless link into asking maybe who was your main player in this one? In this episode, um, I'm going to say Mr. Carter. <laughs> well, this will be his one and only win. It was one, yeah, he's, 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 he doesn't come back. Um, but I think that the introduction of Mr. Carter as a as a character and his ability to manage Margot um, could be why we see a more pleasant, affable Margot from, from now onwards. She still has a, you know, a little foibles and things, but I think this, this is what um, lubricates the Margot... Um, change of character which is I quite like yeah um I'm going to give it to Margot herself because I think this is the one where she sort of comes of age so to speak in the mm. in the show um I almost gave it to Tom for his act of kindness but I thought I've been too nice to Tom lately so I'm, yeah. I'm giving it to Margot for you know for her turnaround and being a good egg uh, incidentally, are you keeping track of these um, ratings because I haven't been I've no idea who's, who's on the leaderboard no I've got, a, I've got, a, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe we need to, then we can. Yeah, we'll have to it's start gonna doing like it. It's going to be like a winner at the end of the um, end of the series. Yeah, and if it's one of the living cast members, we'll send them a little plaque. Oh, I think we should. <laughs> if it's, if it's. And a bottle of your peapod wine. Yeah, we'll send them one of them. And if it's Felicity Kendall, we'll send a statue of someone doing the splits. <laughs> yes. Um, and if it's Margot, if it's Penelope Keith, we'll just send her a, a dictionary something because she clearly likes yes. people who are well-spoken um but yeah <laughs> i think i can only see it being margot in the end but we'll see yeah we'll see so on the subject of mr carter um who i thought was quite natalie dressed let's let's mm. have a little trip over to al's fashion corner fashion corner fashion corner fashion corner fashion corner, corner. corner. oh there's lots and lots to chat about um in this episode um margot um, has an array actually of, of, of different um, outfits in this episode. Um, she does rewear um, the blue and green and white dress that she had on in the last episode, which is one of my faves. And if I can, if I can search this down in any shape or form, whether it's material, clothes, or whatever, um, I am going to buy the hell out of it because I, I want to. I, I want the dress. I really do. Um, Margot also appears in a powder blue pantsuit and navy top, which is quite reminiscent of Jackie Onassis, which I thought was um, very stylish, very of the time, but beautiful. Um, And there's also an orange and brown and blue striped moo-moo number, um, which is um, like a a florally dress... um, is this the one where she wears that horrendous necklace as well with it? You're pro- oh, I don't know. You're probably going to say you I like didn't, the I necklace. Wasn't, she had this I very wasn't drawn to the necklace. loud necklace on in one scene. All right. Yeah. Okay. But I thought it was it a was bit... It was the Moo Moo. The Moo Moo did it, did it for me. Very 70s. Um, very sort of lying about the house, drinking gin. Um, but, but, yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Um Mr. Carter's blue neckerchief, as as we've mentioned, very very, he's very nattily dressed. 
Um, but the, the neckerchief is a, like a silk scarf that he has on. Mm. Um, He's the latest, was, was... isn't he? He's the latest member of the cravat club, which seems yes. to be growing in this show. Every All the men seem to wear it. Yeah. Maybe it was a mid-70s thing, because I don't necessarily yeah. associate the 70s with every man wearing a cravat, but every every guest who comes into this show seems to sport one. I think Mr. Carter, just uh, just uh, one point, Mr. Carter's uh, sort of thing, it was more of a neckchief than a cravat, and okay. I don't know whether that was to sort of mark him out as being um, not in the same sort of um, class league as, like, Jerry, for example, yeah. who would wear a cravat, and Sir, with his cravat, um, the neckchief, because obviously Mr. Carter had said that he was um, a writer and he'd struggled... Um, whether it was sort of like a, a class thing marking him out as being not of the sort of manage, managerial class, perhaps. But it was still a beautiful, beautiful silk scarf that he had on. It was lovely. Perhaps we should um, um, differentiate the classes with neckerchief, cravat. Uh, neckerchief, cravat. And then no, n- neither of the above, which is probably the rag and bone man from the last episode. <laughs> yeah, piece of string. That's the other one. Yeah. Um, special mention to Barbara in her... Uh, navy blue overalls and yellow shirt combo which I thought oh that was that's my favourite outfit of the of the episode um, the, the 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 navy and yellow um, even though she's outdoor working um, she's obviously not lying about the house drinking gin perhaps like Margot um, there's just something timeless about what she's got on and I know it's just overalls and a yellow shirt but I think she looks smart she looked beautiful yeah as only Felicity Kendall can. Good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life. Coming up next week, we've got episode five of the first season of The Good Life, which, Ben, what's it called? It's episode five is called um, The Thing in the Cellar. Oh. Does that ring any bells? It does, yes. Is it to do with the generator? Yeah, it's a little bit anticlimactic, really, because that makes it sound like we, there's a monster. And it's, in fact, yeah. Tom's homemade generator. <laughs> but that's more in line with the premise of the show. Yeah, not rent a cost. <laughs> no, but that what a crossover that would have been. <laughs> oh no, I didn't like Mister Claypole. I thought he was very frightening. No, but Miss Popoff was good. I can't see Margot and Miss yeah. Popoff sharing a scene somehow. They both chew the scenery too no. much. Well, thank you very much, Jerry. So if you are listening along with us and enjoying the podcast, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Um, you can check us out on Twitter and on Instagram at at Sado Podcast. On Facebook, you can find us by searching Sado Podcast. We have a website, www.sado.club, where you can get more information or listen to the episodes. Um, email us at sadopodcast at gmail.com. And please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, that really helps us out, I think, because we're a fledgling um, podcast and we're quite niche, aren't we? <laughs> Focusing yeah. on every single episode of The Good Life isn't something that any other podcasts are doing. But perhaps there are people out there who would like to join yourselves and us each week as we have a deep dive into every episode. Of course, when this series of The Good Life finishes, we're going to be moving on to do other series as well. Um, so let us know if you think there's one that we should have a look at next thanks for listening along and we'll see you next time see ya bye